BK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in David Locke, his weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. And he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David, good morning. Good morning, DJ. Good morning, PK. How are you? Well, I'm all right. Um, I need your insight. I want I want your thoughts, or I want I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. That's not so how read, sports talk radio works, and you know it, Dave. I know, but you know what? I don't play by the rules. You know that. Yeah, um, that's so true. that's a good big, point. <laughs> big Big Twelve expansion. Um. So my quick take is the Big Twelve at this point is really not any different than the Mountain West, right? Like Oklahoma State is San Diego State, and Texas Tech is Boise State, and it's not that different. So it's not great. It's kind of going back to where you went started from. But the reality is you can't go back to where you started from because you just would have to be eating too much crow. So this is the and you and have we decided that guys like me that were really big pro independence guys were wrong? Like have we come to that conclusion that independence is not viable, or is it or does that does independence become more the right choice because? You know, it's just all these power conferences and you're better off being independent if you're not going to be in one of the four. Well, I think that brands are powerful, and I think the Big 12 is a even watered down. It's a better brand than the Mountain West, so I just don't think they're they're the same thing. I'd like to think that because I still, you know, there's a piece of me that still likes to watch San Diego State football in those black and red uniforms. But, I mean, realistically, the, the Big 12 is a better spot, and I think the networks will pay them a lot more money than they're ever going to pay the Mountain West, so... I guess I have to reject your initial assumption. Right. What do you think, PK? Okay. Well, I think you have to consider the financial aspects of it. BYU, for this last decade, clearly made more money as an independent than they would have been as a part of the Mountain West. And will they make more money as a member of the new Big 12, which isn't the same as this, the Big 12 as we know it, obviously, but it still has contracts and then going forward can get a better contract than they could as an independent or as a member of the Mountain West? And I think the answers to that question are yes, so that's why you do it. Who's the – I haven't got all the details. Who's the – is there another player or two or three? Yes. Like to make this yes. work? Who, yes. What are the other pieces of the puzzle? Well, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, Central Florida is a sleeping giant down there because they want – and Memphis possibly. they Central Florida wants big time. And obviously that gives you a pipeline down there and uh, gives you all sorts of credibility, I think. Is, is Boise St- – I agree oh, with okay, all Boise, that. I think sure, is yeah, Boise, Boise State interested – uh, for basketball scheduling, it would certainly help. Um, but I just think for brands and TV value in football, it would help because you'd have two teams, and only you know one can be home every other week that would enable you to have games in that fourth TV window, which makes your contract worth more money. Well, that's interesting. So I mean, the whole old school idea that having Central Florida and BYU being far away from each other and that's a problem is actually now a positive because of the fact that it's, then it's you a, have different TV windows? It's both at the same time. Uh, it is a positive and it is a negative. I, I didn't realize this until I was reading up on it, but a lot of the teams in the Big 12, especially Oklahoma and Texas, who are now out, but a lot of teams have been complaining about the 11 a.m. kickoffs the same way we complain about 8.30 kickoffs here. So the 
it would be a far-flung league, and that's a problem. But if you have a team in the Eastern time zone, they can kick off at noon, and then you don't have to kick off in that at 11 o'clock. So right. um, I don't mean to be like I don't mean to be like uh, the West Coast ignorant ignoramus here. Um, are any of the other schools in the East Coast time zone that you're mentioning? I don't think so, right? Since unless Cincinnati, Cincinnati's not, are they? Cincinnati, are they? Uh, I thought that's. I mean, I know Kentucky that's plays right on it. that weird. Cleveland they is. They play around with like they switch, right? Cleveland is. Kentucky switch? Cleveland is east. Yeah. I know that for sure. So I assume Cincinnati is too. Right. That they're eastern time zone. Right. So, right. So, I mean, really, what you're saying, I mean, I understand that they have to do Houston because of the Texas politics of this whole thing. But what they really should be doing is adding two east and two mountain, and then they span three time zones, and then yeah. they at least have something. Cincinnati is Eastern Daylight, so Cincinnati could kick off at noon so, just like UCF. So Cincinnati, Central Florida, Boise, BYU. And now you've blown great. off Houston and you've just messed up the politics. Or do you go right. to a 13-team so league? You can't do it. You can't do it. So it's BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, Central well, Florida is the right answer. And BYU's traveling partner has to become somebody in Texas, and it sucks. Well, they've sort of done away with traveling partners now with basketball. A lot of leagues have. A lot of leagues yeah. have. It's not like it used to be Thursday, Saturday, New Mexico and El Paso. It's a true story. It's interesting. I mean, I you know, clearly the Big Twelve has got to do something to survive, right? They're on the island and they're building their hut. So they better they better figure out what it's gonna be or they're um and that you know, what you're talking about makes probably the most sense of anything. And frankly, the, you know, these are my point of views here are all from 30,000 feet. I'm not following it closely other than maybe reading an article or frankly listening to various lockdown podcasts. Just nice plug. Is, Good work. Well, no, I mean, truly, that is my knowledge. Like, I'm just reviewing the network and just happen to be listening to like locked on ACC or locked on Big 12 this week and listen to what they said. I mean, the feeling from the Big 12 guys was, wow, they didn't really announce anything. Thank goodness. I thought this was going to be our death nail. And the reaction from the ACC people were like, wow, they didn't announce anything. I don't know what this is. So I think, you know, the timing's right to still stay alive a little bit. If you're BYU, though, I think that we've been talking about how independence was something that clearly Bronco Mendenhall didn't want, and he took off, and he took off for more cash, too. Uh, And then all the people who have been hired since know full well, as relative to football, that this is exactly what you're getting into, so you better make it work and don't take the job. And so when Kalani got the job... They saddled him with some people that maybe weren't ex- as experienced as they should be, and they sucked. They got through that, and now it seems like the program's in a better spot. Uh, and the Big 12 isn't in as good of a spot. So with that in mind, before with Texas and Oklahoma, it's a no-brainer. But now, not so sure that necessarily it's in BYU's best interest. probably is, but it isn't the slam dunk that it was. I mean— the one thing I think was really clear where I, you know, I was a huge proponent of independence. Like I really thought this was the answer for BYU and still think there's a lot of reasons why it is. The one thing I think I missed, but I'm not sure matters is how detrimental the WCC was to the other sports. And I feel like that hurt them. Like, so being part of the big 12 across the board might be really great. Okay. That probably yeah. doesn't move the meter of importance because frankly, it's, it's all football about football. World. It's all about football. Yeah. Right. Well, I think basketball, men's basketball was hurt by the WCC, but I'm not sure. I think other sports have flourished and done just fine. I mean, soccer team just beat USC, and the volleyball team's been going Sweet 16, Elite 8. So, okay. 
in no, both men's and women's. Yes, yeah, yeah, men's, yeah, men's is a whole different deal as far as conference I mean, alliances. Does, I mean, there's no question. I guess what I was really trying to say, and I probably just stated a little too strongly. There's no question being part of the Big Twelve and being part of the WCC. I think that's even a in the big, even in yeah. the Big Twelve reduced state. Like, there's just that's not a debate. Yeah, Tom will have to do the math on what the travel costs turn into if he's flying teams all over the place. Uh, but I assume that the TV money is going to at least double and maybe more than that. Maybe, maybe get close to tripling or two and a half times. Um, you know that all needs to be figured out in the next TV contract, so it can't be known for sure right now. But. If you want basketball, it's an absolute no-brainer. Texas Tech has been to the end. Baylor's won it. It'll be a great basketball. Oklahoma State's decent. Kansas is very good, obviously. Kansas State has had a run. It'll be a great basketball league. And and you know what? I think Mark Pope's probably up to the challenge, so it'd be great. I believe he is. I Um, agree with that. um, I think the... um, I think the interesting, I mean, that's incredible, actually. When you kind of say it like that, that's really incredible, right? Like, you'd have all this here. All right, so let's go back to Pac-12 expansion. Like, we knew the math. Like, it was, I remember, like, what, that covering that so closely. And, like, the, you just had these moving pieces, and it was really evident. And it was obvious it was going to happen. And it was obvious, like, well, if Texas and Oklahoma come, Utah's in trouble. If they don't come in Colorado, it was clear Colorado was coming, right? And so, like, how do you become – if Texas and Oklahoma came at the time, I think it was that Oklahoma State had to come also, and then Colorado came, and you knew Utah was out of luck. And then there was, like, the pieces, right? And you just knew Utah was, like, the perfect piece to go with Colorado. And so if Colorado was going to go and nobody else came, you knew Utah was in. Like, you just had to be in the right place. So the scenario we're talking about of, like, Central Florida, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU doesn't fit right. Like, is there a fourth – who knocks BYU out of this equation that becomes the – fourth team that fits better like the, the problem what we're talking about here is that BYU doesn't actually have that like Colorado tie-in I think that matters it. I think that matters less and the last go-round I was told that BYU was number 11 but they couldn't figure out who 12 was and we had a guy on from Texas a beat writer a columnist down there maybe y'all can remember who it was and I asked him I said I heard I've heard that and he said I've heard that too I think the money for BYU is so overwhelming I just I think this league has to go to twelve, and there's no way there's four teams more valuable than BYU. There's no, there's no well, way. yeah, but wait a second here, man. You got the Sunday issue, you got the social issues with the LGBTQT mm-hmm. and all that. So does that outweigh? Does the money outweigh what would some perceive as well, baggage? I believe it does, but I don't think that uh, I can prove that. That's just my opinion. Okay. Who's the fourth team that knocks BYU out? I don't think there is one. Boise. Oh, they're not taking Boise over BYU. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be the worst moment in BYU history. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine what nasty youth fans would do to Cougars? It'd be like T-shirts. I chose Boise over BYU. Big 12 conference. Uh, well, yeah, but if they decide the Sunday play and... The, the talk by the church leader earlier this week riled up a bunch of folks, and I don't think it's out of the realm. I mean, Boise's off the top of my head. I don't know that. No, it's not out of the realm. That's a little bit why I think I had that reaction. <laughs> like, I, I would actually, isn't there anybody else? I would just think they wouldn't come Mountain. Like, right, if you're not right. going to take BYU, so who's Well, Memphis. Team? Memphis. Oh, yeah, so that's a real threat. That, to me, is, you know, Central Florida, Memphis, Cincinnati, Houston, and no BYU, that... Like, 
now, like, that's that's daunting. The fact that Boise doesn't have enough clout to make it a no-brainer the way Colorado did. Like, the nice thing for Utah is they were second fiddle to the big dog that they wanted, right? They they wanted Colorado, and Utah just happened to be in the right place at yeah. the right time yeah, to get yeah, yeah. in. And they got BYU, in. unfortunately, doesn't have that. Like, BYU can't let, ride the coattails of another team in the way Utah rode the coattails of Colorado into the Big 12. So that's a that's a real problem for BYU that Boise's not not – worthy enough of kind of driving this train and making it a no-brainer. Memphis is pretty – Memphis with, like, where they are, location, I – oh, I'm – I hadn't – oh, that's not good. This doesn't feel nearly as good as the conversation when it started, guys. I think they're in trouble. <laughs> the, the mind of David Locke is like <laughs> nobody I've ever known. There's no question about that. <laughs> I don't want to ask why, but, like, really, like, I mean – Cincinnati, Memphis, Houston, Central Florida, that's that works logically. It gives them like what they need. And I'm not sure that BY I mean BYU is brings them a little bit more money, I would guess, and that stadium's gorgeous and maybe a little some, but DJ's pointed out, like also brings a lot of a lot of stuff. Like a lot of like actually and doesn't, <laughs> doesn't fit geographically at all. And maybe that would be the strongest, if I were building the argument, which I don't think would carry the day, but if I were building the argument that they just don't want to get too far flung and they're going to focus, you know, Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati, kind of a quarter up the... And, and Florida's a no-brainer. UCF has had so much success, and the, the thought of recruiting there is so tantalizing. See, I actually think geographically BYU plays to the advantage because you'd want a team in the mountain time zone. Klyovkov has been running around telling everybody we've got the Pacific and the mountain, yeah. as if the mountain was some big uh, I know. gold mine. <laughs> I know. I know he has. <laughs> you spend what you got, yeah. and that's what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, so I, I do really think should, the advantage. So what he really should be doing is going and getting the Central Time Zone and grabbing Oklahoma State, and they thought about it the, and then thought for about two seconds and decided to say no. The thing about that is they don't need to do that right now. Oklahoma State will be there whenever they want them. Sure, hundred point. Yeah, great point. Great point. Here's the other thing. How about the Big Twelve think ahead and look ahead? Streaming's coming. Now I don't know if it's twenty thirty, twenty thirty five, but man, by twenty forty. It's not going to be about cable and satellite bundles. Streaming is coming. So BYU is more valuable in a streaming world than it is in the cable satellite world. The ability to get 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever this is going to turn out a month from BYU fans, the 5,000 of them in Tennessee and the 20,000 of them in Arizona who will pay and the 50,000 in L.A. who will pay – and the 5,000 in Idaho will pay. I mean, everywhere BYU goes, they draw 5,000 fans unless they draw 10. I have a great joke right now, but I'm too scared to do it in our climate of jokes, so I'm just going to leave it out. But they all are meeting in the ward house, and they're Ooh. only paying one person's only paying $20 a month, and they're all meeting together. So you don't get to, you don't get 5,000. They're all just coming together. I'm just kidding. No, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. Like, I think that actually does have. Both of you just sold. Like, if I'm homo, that's what you're selling, right? You're selling streaming and time zone. And you're literally, I think, what you got to actually do is say, hey, we're willing to play every single one of our home games at 7.30 at night. 7.30 whose time? 
Mountain, whatever, right? So no, eight, it's got to be eight thirty to be in the last two games. Eight thirty, whatever, whatever. They're already you know, doing that, right? Not, not every right. game. So, but I mean, that's Most. your selling point. Is we're going to take we're we're one hundred percent willing to take the late night window in every single time. It's not in the afternoon anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, Yuck, honestly, play yeah, that for David Locke. Yeah. Find that, find that drop. Come on, you can do it. I'm. I agree with this, by the way. Okay, last thing. One jazz question for you. Uh, there's been some national media out there grading all the free agents, and I was surprised to see the jazz getting graded as an A, as a top 10 and all that, for re-signing their guys and a couple guys who may get, you know, who will get some minutes. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I wasn't surprised they got a favorable but I was surprised it was that over the top, that high, that wow, yes, boom. What'd you think? So I think they get an A for disaster averted would be my first take. Right, there was a real <laughs> chance this offseason could have been catastrophic. Uh, um, so I finally um, got I, A's in school. If that was the gradient, <laughs> disaster averted. Right? Well, no, right, wins. I, I, PK, you and I should have been graded on that scale. Like every time I took an English test, there was a real chance for now. Uh, spelling tests, there were like anything above C minus should have been an A, like just for survival sakes. Um, and any grammar test, I certainly, anyway. Um, so I do think that disaster averted gives them a pretty good grade. Like they kept themselves in the top two or three teams in the Western Conference from a projection standpoint. Um, number two, um, I'm really curious to watch Hassan Whiteside. Like my instinct is that I actually think he's going to be better than Derek Favors. Um, because he's just bigger and longer. And so we play the drop big with him and just matches more naturally. And he's just as good an offensive rebounder, maybe at times better. Um, I just don't know if there's a chance his knees are just gone. Like I, my feeling is he didn't play in Sacramento because of Sacramento, not because he didn't play in Sacramento because he's not very good anymore. Um, and he was really good a year before in Portland. So my instinct there is we actually got better, um, that might be wrong. I mean, you, whoever plays backup center to the Jazz just looks so bad because the starting center is the best, one of the best defensive players in the history of the game and is so great at everything he does that you look so bad in comparison. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know what the analogy would be. I could use some sexist terminology of somebody being a co-star to Halle Berry in the 90s, right? But um, it's just like... Rudy's so great that Derek looked not very good all year, and I don't actually know that Derek wasn't very good or just Rudy's that great. Um, so I do kind of feel like Hassan Whiteside might be an upgrade there, and then I think Rudy Gay adds a versatility to the roster that we didn't have. So it, they probably deserve a pretty good grade in disaster averted. They re-signed Mike Conley. They didn't lose any starters. They didn't lose any main rotation players. They added roster versatility, and I think they might have upgraded at backup center, which is hard for me because I love Derek, but I think – he just wasn't didn't feel very good last year. But again, I, that just again could be because Rudy's so great that nobody looks very good. Well, I think if you take that to its natural conclusion, David, it's that the Jazz perimeter defense is worse than we know because Gobert covers up so much that we don't 100%. realize right away. I mean, so this is this. So I've talked about this a lot, but I'll just I'll do a short version of it if I'm actually possible for me to do so. DJ's chuckling. TK's saying not a chance. And Jake so, wanted to go to break three minutes ago. Go ahead. Yeah, whatever. Two and, a half, <laughs> two and a half years ago, we made five roster changes that were all offensive changes away from defensive players. 
it was the correct thing to do as a team because the great defensive team just simply wasn't good enough offensively to be able to beat a good offensive team. We even though the defense had a great night, our offense just wasn't up good enough. So since then, over the last two seasons, whenever Rudy's been off the floor, we have just been horrific defensively. And that's what we built. And the concept was that Rudy could cover it up and they built it a hundred percent. Right. But that is the issue is that it may not matter who the center is. If they're not the greatest defensive player in the world, because we got our defense just can't, stop anyone unless it's Rudy doing it and that's what became so obvious in game six against the Clippers and when they removed Rudy while he was on the floor from the action we got exposed they basically did you know what was clear is that we're not good defensively unless Rudy's impacting everything and they eliminated Rudy's impact so yes did we address that issue I don't think so so that'll still be but there's a very you know the unfortunate thing was that we ran into the one team that could expose it I'm actually not sure there was another team in the NBA that could have exposed it the way the Clippers did. And I'm not sure they could have exposed it if Serge Ibaka hadn't gotten hurt, frankly. Like there was some fortuitous stuff for them as well that, you know, they lost one of their guys. And so they kind of were forced into this. Um, but Phoenix would have kept DeAndre Ayton on the floor. The Lakers would have kept various players on the floor. And if Anthony Davis wants to spread out to the outside and never come in, that's fine. Um, the Denver with Jokic can't like a limit, can't move him out of the game. I mean, and without Jamal Murray, they wouldn't have been the same. So um, Dallas probably could do it a little bit with Chris Dapps. That was not a matchup I wanted. So, you know, in Portland with uh, Nurkic probably couldn't have done it. And Robert Covington wasn't going to really play center. So, um, uh, you know, so I, I'm not sure there's another team. Draymond can't shoot well enough to do it. So I, I'm not sure there's another team other than the Clippers that could have actually done what they did to us. By the way, quick note, Portland's better than anyone thinks there. Okay, see you. <laughs> David Locke. <laughs> <laughs> One of a kind. So, at the end, did he have BYU in the Big 12 then? He wants them to go, but he doesn't know if they're going to go, if they're going to get the invite. I think they're going to get the invite. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Jed Fish, University of Arizona football coach, coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us.